Cargo Cult is a production of Radio Nemo West. Cargo Cult is all about the movies, books, music, and moments that help shape the lifestyle of not only the trucking industry, but also the American obsession with being on the move. What if something just like jumps out in front of you and you have to stop? Don't. What was that? A Mazda. Host Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn engage in a wild, free-form discussion with folks from both the transportation and entertainment worlds. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a show that's all about the journey. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got a call. And now your hosts, Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn. The call to adventure. Dun, 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 dun. dun. The call to adventure. So, hey, Justin Wellborn, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Here we are on Tuesday in the beautiful SiriusXM offices. And uh, how are you, Jim? You just got back from a trip to uh, your hometown, didn't you? Yeah, I did. We did two really, really fun shows on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, this year, we decided to do a celebration of first responders. Oh, yeah. Did a whole first responder celebration. Whether you're driving a truck to bring water into a hurricane mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, situation, whether you're a fireman racing into a burning building, EMTs, uh, registered nurses, uh, emergency room doctors, the whole kit. And, and what's really fun is that Tom Bray is actually a fire chief. Uh, Terry, is he? I didn't yeah, know that. Terry, he's, a, he's the head of his volunteer fire department. And Terry Taylor, who is the uh, proprietor of 1313 Mockingbird Lane, which, of course, is a toy store. Uh, Terry is a emergency room nurse. And he and his wife, Liz, held fast during the pandemic and stayed down there in the emergency rooms caring for the sick. We have a lot of people that call our show, that are regular contributors to our show, who are first responders. That was great. The day before, though, we did a pairing. You know how you have a pairing where you you pair wine and cheese? Sure. We did a pairing of Saturday morning cartoons and your favorite riboflavin sugar-drenched cereal. See, I just have so many memories of that. And it's probably the only time in my life that I really made myself get up early to catch those those earliest cartoons from you know the, the days gone by before my real stuff set in and then of course your your two cereal bowls of what whatever <laughs> sugar powered pixie stick stuff that you were going to pour into yourself that your mom would cut up a banana and oh my know, god we just came, to have some kind of nutrition we came up explosion we came up with so many great terms okay so you you finish your cereal bowl in the morning but you still have milk left in there so oh, you yeah. put more cereal in right Right? Or drink the milk and go back. When you put more cereal in, we had all these different terms. We called it downloadable content. We called it uh, the recharge. Uh, My producer um, for the Dave Nemo show and Dave Nemo Weekends, uh, Sid the Not So Vicious, what did she call it? Um, I keep on forgetting this. Not a recharge, um, not a sequel. Um, I- I'll think of it over the course of the show. She had a great term for the second, but I used to sit with the lucky for charm. the second bowl of milk. No, and, and cereal. No, the second cereal. Oh, the you, second bowl. Yeah. So yeah, what you do is you, I would sit there with I put too much milk in my original cereal, and then I'd eat the cereal down to the number of milk left. But I'd have the box with me so I could just pour it in there and fill it up. So the whole show was about pairing all that kind of stuff. It's funny because three of the four things we'll be talking about over the next couple of episodes really fall right into our land of 
Saturday morning cereal. Absolutely, if, if man. You, the where fourth you one, came in, the where fo- you came up, the fourth how movie you came up. Yeah, the fourth movie doesn't fall into that category, but the but the first three we'll be talking about over the course of the next couple of episodes. Really, I mean, we're going to get to Suspiria in, in, at some point. Suspiria. The only thing Suspiria has in common with all of that was it was one of the television commercials you hoped didn't come on when you were watching television late at night. Have you seen that? <laughs> have you seen that documentary? Because it would just frighten you as a little kid. Have you seen that documentary? Yeah, exactly. Of the, the commercial. <laughs> now from I'm Ma- scarred. From Ma- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now back to Cagney and Lazy or whatever was on TV. Right? It's so it's so weird <sighs> to say that. I'm thinking of all these weird connections now because one of the movies we're talking about has Paul Williams, the composer slash actor in it. Sure. And you just said Cagney and Lacey, but that made me think of like network television in the late 70s, early 80s. And that made me think of The Love Boat. And Paul oh, Williams, right. who also wrote Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> Paul course. Williams, who also yeah. wrote the music for um, Fan of the Paradise. Uh, Paul Williams, just so so many songs he wrote. He said he was going to be remembered for two things in his life. Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey, Smokey and the Bandit and writing the theme for The Love Boat. <laughs> By the way, we, we're going to become, I didn't know he did that. I guess that, we're going to start with Smokey and the Bandit. Well, we're we? going to because we're also <laughs> landing firmly in 1977. So I, I, I'm firmly. Even thinking, I mean, all of the movies that we're talking about in the next few episodes are the top movies and, and, and just influential movies from 1977, which we, we've paired with nicely with your wine and cheese or cereal and whatever milk you're putting into it now. It, it's just firmly the 1977 answer to some of the movies that we talked about before. Easy Rider, Wild Angels, uh, e- even the Wild Bunch, you know, where, where, where these things are the originators of, of where finally things like Star Wars, Smokey and the Bandit, Suspiria, and... The Rescuers. The Rescuers. Which saves Disney. It really... It, it saves it, Disney. It's it the saves. first movie after Disney has died that they really have to put it on the line and show they can make a movie without his direct leadership. And it, it just An animated it blows film. it out of the water. I mean, and, and, and in some places in the world, Rescuers made more money over the weekends of, of its opening than Star Wars did. That's right. Well, what's crazy about it too is that they take the they, they have the B team, not the B team. They're all very talented over there, but they, they have like the B team working on creating the rescuers. And at some point, it dawns on them they've got something really special. Right. They end up bringing Don Bluth over, right. and Don Bluth, for those of you who don't know, is the guy who actually was the animator. The only person who had enough power as an animator to leave—he goes to DreamWorks, I think. He actually takes it. He creates an entire animation division for DreamWorks. But he makes the land before time. Is Don Bluth's really great claim to fame? And also, oh, right. one of my favorite animated films, *The Secret of Nim*. That was the first time I ever felt represented because Justin the Rat <laughs> was in the movie, and I was like, "That's my name." He gets the sword fight. Cool. Oh my God! And the whole thing is take what you can when you can. Well, then you've learned nothing. It's just and it's terrifying. <laughs> oh, it too. is terrifying. The owl. The you know we're we're getting a little bit off the topic, but at the same time, these are the movies that really that really kind of changed or scarred us, or maybe you took your kids to, or uh, maybe you're just now learning about. I mean. When we think about the call to adventure, these things, we were talking about it last night, and and one of the big themes in many of these movies is 
there's a damsel in distress. And and now, don't get me wrong, because actually watching the rescuers and even Suspiria, the damsel saves herself. You know, she she gets in there. She's at least attempting to save herself, even in these extraordinary circumstances. Penny from the rescuers, she's always trying to escape from Madame Medusa and the alligators. And in Can you Suspiria, tell we're excited? Can you tell we're excited? Okay, yeah, hold well, on one second. We've been worked on. Give me, give, me, give me one second. Let me kind of set all this up. Okay, okay man. So the last time we actually met... And for the previous episodes before that, we were kind of working through Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces, Hero's Journey. And we began at the end. We talked about the idea that the ultimate goal was to be free. Sure. And that was kind of, we began at the end to show people there's a destination. I've been thinking about this too, and this is so important because I want to kind of distinguish between goals and objectives. The goal is to be free. The objective is to get to Florida. The goal is to be free. The objective is re- retire in wealth in Mexico. Right. The goal is to be free. The objective is well, that's the biggest problem in Wild Angels. We want to be free. I mean, <laughs> the, and we want to party. There's no and, like. Yeah, well, there's no that, tangible it. objective. No, no, no. There's no, 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 no. Which is why I think yeah. that script is not as good as the other two movies. So the goal is to be free. The objective is a tangible reality of it. And we began at the end, and for the next couple of episodes firmly in 1977, this is turning into Jim and Justin's nostalgia tour, <laughs> we're going to be looking at uh, four movies, uh, hopefully in this sequence, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, Star Wars, The Rescuers, and then Suspiria. Suspiria. Uh, and it's kind of really fun because Smokey and the Bandit is where we begin. I would say, you know, the goal is to be free, right? The objective is to get cores from Texarkana to Atlanta. You want to set up what Smokey and the Bandit is about because it's really simple and clean and one of Alfred Hitchcock's favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah, which he apparently watched over and over and over. Well, Smokey and the Bandit essentially is the story of uh, the bandit, Bo. Uh, uh, he is Burt Reynolds, um, who is on a run with his man, Snowman, Jerry Reed, from Atlanta on a bet from uh, Big Enos and Little Enos. Um Little Lena's played by Paul Williams, uh, from Atlanta to Texarkana and back, smuggling Coors beer, which apparently you could not bring over state lines without certain licenses and so forth, which they show in some of the opening scenes that this guy's getting busted for it and that it's a really hard thing to do. And they've got to do it all in 28 hours. 28 hours. That's yeah. the thing. And as, and as the bandit says, the 28 hours isn't the hard part. The hard part is, and a lot of people thought this was an apocryphal tale. One of the things not true. It was against the law to actually bring. Thanks for listening to a preview of this episode of Cargo Cult. Like what you heard? Hear more from Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn exclusively on the SiriusXM app. Subscribe today at SiriusXM.com.